Dear Heavenly Gracious God, as we come before your holy presence, we ask your forgiveness for each and every known sin, be it evil thoughts, words, or actions in our life. We thank you for what Jesus Christ did at the cross of Calvary for each one of us. We ask you to take the word today, allowing your Holy Spirit to make it real, make it clear, illuminate it for all of us to hear and understand and apply 
through our lives. In Jesus' name we ask you and thank you. Amen. Welcome back to Challenges of Faith Radio Program. So, how's your faith in God? You didn't hear me say anything about your faith in me, your faith in your pastor, your rabbi, your imam, your priest or your human teacher, or someone else. We're talking about in God. And I've already made the distinction when you've heard me talk about God. You heard me mention Jesus Christ because, again, a lot of individuals out here globally, when you talk about God, you got to be specific because you could be talking about anything. We saw intellect the last time as it relates to our loving Heavenly Father. Today we're going to look at emotions and our will. I know you're ready. Come on now, I know you're ready. You should be. 2024, we're talking about you. We're talking about me. Because by looking at our emotions, we have an opportunity to see how faith, you know, F-A-I-T-H, speaks to our emotions. Because that's either going to encourage you what's going to make you afraid. Because a lot of times in our life, you know it is, especially when it comes down to emotions, how we, we're kind of extreme. We consider, in reality, the reason why we are, because we are emotional beings. And you've been around individuals that appear and is and are, whatever proper grammatical word usage you want to use, and verbiage. who appear on the outside to be cold and indifferent. Could be that way on the inside. Kind of like talking about them on Wednesday. But that's how God made us. Not cold or indifferent, but as it relates to emotions. And sometimes we put our emotions away and deny they exist. Come on, man. And speaking of men, brother Robert Kelly and I, a few weeks, we're going to be talking about we men. from God's perspective, not from mine or Robert's or yours or yours or yours over there or yours, but from God's perspective. Don't you want to know, men? There's a lot of ladies out there, even in your life, question marks about you. You know it's true. Declare who you are, but how can you do that if you don't even know? starting with your emotions. You know, there's some of you, you know, through maybe through your upbringing. Maybe you have a loved parent or parents, especially your father, if you're blessed to have them in your life. Maybe based upon their childhood, without you knowing anything about their childhood, because you know men, men aren't open up. And maybe you don't know, based upon their own childhood, you know, maybe they were taught. The men don't show no emotion from the inside. Given the appearance, notice how I'm saying it, the appearance of being cold and indifferent. Until all of a sudden, you know it's true, ladies, all of a sudden the guy in your life or the one you pray for, P-R-E-Y-E-D, or pray for, P-R-A-Y-E-D, 
Now, all of a sudden, you see a different person. You know, you're communicating from all the inside, and both of you letting your hair down. And all of a sudden, now you see he can be emotional. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, and men, you should share some tears sometimes, not crocodile. But genuine tears, you know, like when you did from a repentance standpoint, going to God through Christ. But as it relates to getting that from inside of you, because, you know, <clears throat> it can cause health problems, you know, it's stress, all dignified, pride. You know, that's how the devil fell when those forces, demons, and maybe in your own life you can identify how you fell, pride. But don't you want to know? Emotionalism is not the way to get to God. But God appeals to our emotions. And you know men, 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 and ladies. Ladies know ladies. You know how the lady in your life, you know how to use those powerful tears to cause an emotional response from you if it's real. And she only she really know if it's real. Of course, not unless, unless there's a lady that comes to you and tips you off and say, hey, let me tell you something. That which she's doing, that ain't real. Now you got a decision to make. But we're not talking about the lady in your life. And we're talking about that man. We're not talking about that man in your life. We're talking about how that emotionalism is not the way to get to God. But God does appeal to our emotions. You know, from Romans chapter 10, verse 9 through 10, I know you wrote it down. If you confess, it doesn't say you're going to. But if you confess with your mouth, you know, your lips, you're telling everything else, you know it's true. The Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God is raising from the dead, you will be saved. Before I continue, do you notice dogmatically? And that right there is going to offset that man, that woman, that woman, that man irrespective of who they are, whoever they think they are, walking around trying to tell you, oh, you got to do 12,000 things, you might be saved. That's not what the Word of God says. And don't be trying to twist the pastor or individual out there presenting the Word, you know, because the Word doesn't come back to God's void. However, it is in the Word letting us know, knows I always include me. You're going to be held accountable if you're adding on or taking away from the Word. What do you think is going to happen if you're, twisting it and misinterpreting it for your purposes. But the rest of that verse says, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Look how God appeals to our heart, not in our head. Because you got to remember, a lot of us are using our hearts more than our minds. And the Word of God recognizes it like over in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. It says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. And here you see that even when our Lord walked among us down here on earth, he knew what was in our hearts, like John chapter 2, verse 24 and 25 talks about. Think about how the creator who created us, you too. And I know, I know you, you said you weren't created. I understand. Even though a watch has a maker, 
remind me one time outside a major university around the country where I saw a bumper sticker on the car, and it simply said, hey, my parents are human. Sorry about yours. Don't get mad at me because that's what the bumper sticker said. But our Savior quoted the Old Testament prophet who said, people draw near to me with their mouth, you know, lips, and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. John chapter 15, verse 8. Think about a relationship. Remember how I correlate to everything to a relationship? Think about that lady, that man, that man, that lady that's in your life. And you're all attentive to them. And you just want them to be real. You just want them to be genuine, not genuinely and real, not real, counterfeit. So you listen all intensely. And in the end, you know if their lips match in their shoes, whether you want to know it or not, but you know that, right? You know you do. You know it's true. And in Matthew chapter 15, verse 19, Jesus taught that which defiles a person come out of the heart. A person comes out of their heart, for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornication, thefts, false witness, blasphemy. You see individuals around the United States and your country and yours. And yours, I know there's somebody in some countries I act like it doesn't happen in their country. Okay, ladies and guys, guys and ladies, okay. So those individuals that's going into all those stores or whatever they're going into, that's causing the stores to leave where they are, that's been there for 56 years and so forth. The word lets us know it originated from that thief's heart to steal. And we can't deny these things are in our heart because God knows it. And that's why he appeals to our emotions. Problem is not in our head and our mind. It's in our heart because we're not silly. We're sinful. You know, you're not a sinner because you sin. You sin because you are a sinner. That's the only natural thing you know how to do. Go ahead. You ain't going to have to tell me, but be real to yourself. You can go 23 hours, 59 minutes, 59 seconds of thinking wrong, saying wrong, and doing wrong. You're not going to make it that last second, that last minute. You know why? Center in need of a Savior. It sounds good. Think about it. You put your best foot forward going out there in those relationships. And the reason why you're doing it because you know that sooner or later it's going to wear out to where the person going to find out the real you. You might as well get it out the way, but we're not weak. We are weak. You know that's true. Think about it. The word lets us know how, about our heart, how it really is. And think about it. You challenge it. Okay. So the day you swore up and down to whoever you swore up and down to, I'll never do this or that. And then next moment, you did it. And then you wonder why, what the, did I? Yes, you did. And that's the reason why the place of worship, you know, where you're sitting at, you know, the church, not the building, needs revival because we need an environment in which emotions can be expressed, not just any type of emotion. We're talking about the right emotion. Because just think about it. You can get up and do all that talking, 
however way you are, it's your place of worship. Don't be looking over there at that place of worship. How about your place of worship? You're doing all of that. You know, you're wearing certain clothes on certain days and speaking certain languages on this day and that day. You can't just give lip service. God appeals to our heart because we have no environment for emotions. Think about what was just said. You got individuals turning away in unbelief. Why are you turning away? Now, listen, if you tuned in today, you thought you tuned in by accident. Okay. And the reason why you may be turning away in unbelief is because your heart has become hardened. And so our hearts need to be stirred. And just because we happen to be in a cold and different environment, it doesn't mean that God, our loving God, it's not appealing to our emotions because he is. But you got a wreck album is in our heart, in our head, you know, in the mind where the battle takes place. And when you look at will, W-I-L-L, not the person. I know there are some of you looking for will. Where's will at? Okay. But do you notice how faith, F-A-I-T-H, that we're still talking about, do you notice how it speaks to the will? In our lives, like in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, faith is the evidence of things not seen. And if it's not seen, how can you believe it? Think about it. Those of you who are blessed to have a job and working, you don't work. You put your labor in. You put your trust, your faith in your employer to make sure when it's time to be paid that you're paying. You haven't seen that check. But you're waiting for it. It hasn't been deposited, but you're waiting for it. Those of you who getting on the airline like me, you don't know that pilot. You don't know if that pilot got anything inside of them. You don't know if anything's going to happen to them. But you're putting your faith in that pilot to get you where you're going. Faith is a conviction, and it comes out of the wheel. And every time our loving God asks you to believe, he always puts up with a preposition that means and denotes action. An example is, remember, for God to love the world. Put your name right there. That he gave his only begotten son. Would you give your only son for me? That whoever believes in him. He didn't say, if you believe in me, I'm going to let you down. Your husband's going to let you down. Your wife is going to let you down. Whoever God through his Holy Spirit has brought to your heart and mind is going to let you down. Whoever believes in him, Jesus Christ, shall not perish but have everlasting life. John chapter 3, verse 16. Do you know you can't find nowhere in there talking about temporary life? And if that's what your pastor is saying, do you need to Remind them of what the Word of God says. You know, it reminds me. I remember an individual who was at their place of worship, and they had been attending for years on behalf of family, their family. And one day they had a new pastor, and the pastor was was saying things that was not in the Scripture. 
And so the individual governments that were pastors, that's not what the Bible said. The pastor told the person, sit down, shut up. I don't care what the Bible said. Now, you know what? That brethren should have, and those who were sitting there listening in a right relationship with God, should have admonished that pastor and probably had them on their way out the door. But they just sat there and stayed there. Why? Because uh, it was what? Tradition? Oh, okay. But you're going to be held accountable before God. Didn't, didn't, didn't you know that through the word? But the original language, Greek describes it very clear. Believe always. It has a preposition. It means believe in. And so when Paul was asked by the Philippian jailer, what must I do to be saved? Did you hear him say anything about speak a certain language? Did you hear him say anything about wearing certain clothes? Did you hear him say anything about jumping here and jumping that? I remember. You say, Gary, you got a good memory. Well, for five years, took memorization. That's not bodacious. That's just reality. While studying the word. But there was this path. I mean, there was this individual who I remember uh, <laughs> an associate pastor came to me and said, hey, there's a new pastor. There's a new pastor in town. People just flock into the fellowship. Hey, let's go see. I said, I don't need to see. I heard everything you said. They said people are just they just they're just astonished. And so the brethren who was the associate pastor was sharing what was going on. So the person was walking on top of the pews and so forth, and people were just astonished. I said, really? Well, did they do the homework? The social pastor, what do you mean? I said, well, did they know that the person used to be a basketball player and all they're doing is utilizing their skills and their and the social pastor looked at him. I said, hey, next week, bring out a, um, a casket and I want you to lay in there and invite all the people that, that you want to invite and I'm going to put up this sign, come come see the man that's coming out of the casket, and let's see what happens then. Of course, now that didn't happen, but here's the point. <laughs> you know what the point is. You do, don't you? When Paul was asked by the Philippian jailer, what must I do to be saved? He didn't say, put your trust in what you see and all of that. He said in Acts chapter 16, verse 31, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved, you and your household. You see how God appeals to our religion, our wills. You see how God asks you and I to do something. Faith is more than just in the mind, you know, giving permission in the mind or shedding some tears. Faith is something we act upon. Salvation doesn't just happen in the mind or in the heart. Salvation is when you and I act, when we believe on him. And think about that empty chair. Sometimes you hear me use it from a different perspective like today. But you've examined the evidence of the gospel. And intellectually, remember, you believe the things you've learned and examined. And so now you can stand by the side of that chair, that empty chair, and you can believe it will hold you. I mean, you can stand there all day and night, and that chair is not going to hold you up. It's not until you believe in or on it by, guess what, taking some action. And action you're taking is sitting down on it, 
and that's the chair holding you up. When Saul of Tarsus was converted, he asked two questions. Who are you, Lord? That's an electro. And Lord, what do you want me to do? That's the will, volition. And you can see that over in Acts chapter 9, verse 5 and 6. We'll say, yes, I believe, but they must believe into. You got to rest yourself in Christ, not me, not your pastor, not your rabbi, your imam, your priest, a human teacher in Christ. And you got to invite him to be your only savior. You got everybody running around here being your savior with Jesus Christ. By faith, able, offered to God, like in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4 talks about. Think about it. Able had confidence in what God said. He acted upon it. And so you see, our loving God appeals to you and I to intellectually. Notice that. That Jesus Christ died for our sins. You know, evil words, thoughts, or deeds. And he rose again. And then emotionally in our heart of hearts that we have sinned and Jesus Christ has invited you and I to believe in him, guess what, as our Savior. And then by an act of the will, have we trusted him? That's the question you got to ask and answer individually for your life. Not that has this person trusted him. Have you trusted him as your own personal Savior? And if you haven't, well, you know what today is because tomorrow's not promised you. You know what else? The next second isn't promised to you and I. But today is our day to affirm these truths with, guess what, our heart, our mind, our will. Well, have you? And those of you who are already saved, have you affirmed your confidence? And the same truth again. There's nothing wrong with that. Being assured again. But those of you who are not, it's your day today to believe on. Guess who? Not me. Not your pastor. Not your mom. Not your rabbi. Not your priest. Not your human teacher. Not your boyfriend and girlfriend, girlfriend and boyfriend. Not your husband and your wife. Your wife your husband. Not your friend, your so-called friend, all of that. You know it's true. But Jesus Christ. There was a time that I swore I would never go back. I was blind to the truth, didn't know what I had. I was running, I was searching. But every place I turned for healing left me more broken than the last. Take me back to the place that feels like home To the people I can depend on To the faith that's in my bones Take me back to a preacher and a verse Where they see me at my worst To the love I had at first Oh, I want to go to church Trying to walk on my own, but I'm wound up lost. Now I'm making my way to the foot of the cross. Not a trophy for the winners. It's a shelter for the sinners. And it's right where I belong. 
like home To the people I can depend on To the faith that's in my bones Take me back to a preacher and a bird 